Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I am your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, we are going to be breaking down our week 14 NFL betting picks. We're going to briefly recap week 13 of the NFL. More importantly, we're going to give you some hot tips for this week, betting tips, ATS picks, over-unders, everything ahead of an exciting week 14 NFL slate. So without further ado, let's jump in. begin as always with a brief recap of week 13 of the NFL to begin we had a pretty okay week I gave you guys the Raiders money line Uh, they end up taking care of business against a Chargers team that I just can't stand I've been saying it for weeks fade Brandon Staley at every opportunity this Brandon Staley led Chargers offense is putrid they're not fun to watch they are wasting to my mind one of the more exciting NFL quarterbacks in Justin Herbert every week they just the tight formations, the, the tight route trees, are it's disgusting. It's not fun to watch. And the Raiders' offense has been a little bit frisky. They've done an incredible job of getting Devontae Adams the ball in space. Uh, this past week, he goes for two big play touchdowns. And the Raiders are getting hot, I guess, a little bit too late. But at least Josh McDaniel doesn't look like a complete failure thus far in Las Vegas. So that's an exciting win for us. Moving on, I gave you guys the Commanders minus two and a half. That game ends in a tie. It was disgusting. Both those teams are terrible. I don't even want to think about either one of them for the rest of the year because it's just gross. Come on. One of you got to win the game. They're playing for a tie at the end. It's disgusting. It's sacrilege. It's un-American. What are we doing in that Commanders and Giants game? Uh, I've already wasted too much time talking about a tie game. Just just don't do it. No, No more NFL ties, please. Then I give you guys the Steelers money line. Uh, at the time that I gave it to you guys, uh, they were actually underdogs. Uh, the the Falcons were giving them points. I think the line closed with the Steelers as favorites, one and a half. Either way, that's a win for us. The Steelers are coming together as a roster a little bit. Kenny Pickett is really coming into his own. He's not setting the world on fire by any means, but that being said, he's been impressive in terms of running things on time. The tempo of that offense looks a little bit better of late. Maybe it's because they played some some terrible teams lately, and, and he started off against some of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, but whatever it may be, the Steelers are getting hot. Uh, they may be a low-key playoff team contender for that seven spot. Uh, we shall see how the next couple weeks shake out. But keep your eye on the Steelers as the, the last few weeks of the season progress. Then I gave you the Titans. That was a stinker. Plus six. That's a loss. And finally, I gave you the Vikings minus three. Uh, Weird, weird game. I almost gave you this pick begrudgingly, and that ended up being kind of the right take here because the Jets threw this game away nine which ways. They were desperately trying to to lose this game. The Vikings were. They had, like, no offense in the second half. They gave the Jets just about every opportunity they could to win the game, and somehow the Jets just could not get it done. A disappointing loss for the Jets, a miraculous win for the Vikings. I am so excited to bet against this Vikings team come playoff time. They are the preeminent fraud team of this NFL season. Something about this team, the vibes are not right. They're getting incredibly lucky in these games. We have one of these fraudulent teams every year. Think about that Steelers 11-1 team from a few years ago. Think about that Packers team from a few years ago that was like 13-2 and or whatever and ended up getting shit-pumped in the playoffs. Uh, this is what this Vikings team is, and I cannot wait to bet against them this year. Let's move into our Week 14 NFL picks now. We start with 
Thursday night football. But before we get into Thursday night, I just briefly want to note that this is a weird, weird week because we have six teams on by week 14. What is the NFL doing? We have the Atlanta Falcons on by. We have the Chicago Bears on by. We have the Green Bay Packers on by, the Indianapolis Colts, the New Orleans Saints, and finally the Washington Commanders. Bizarre. Bizarre to have the bye this late. Feels just ridiculous. Uh, fantasy playoffs are starting next week, so I get that they're trying to get that, that buy-in a little bit later. But that being said, some teams in fantasy are playing for the playoffs and don't have some of their main guys. It just doesn't feel right. At, at the very least, if we're going to have these late-season buys, can we limit it to just a few teams? The slate feels a little bit sparse because of how the NFL schedule makers put together this buy slate. So six teams on buy, not the best, uh, but let's talk about Thursday Night Football. Our Thursday night football matchup this week is the Las Vegas Raiders on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. The Raiders are six-point favorites against a Rams team that is in free fall. Uh, Despite everything that's been said about this Rams team, about them uh, essentially going to be like one of the worst two or three teams in the NFL come season's end, they're shutting down Matthew Stafford. He has a spinal contusion that, honestly, I'm a little bit concerned may end his career, uh, may prompt him to retire, Uh, but... Outside of all that, this Rams defense was not going down without a fight. You had Bobby Wagner there. You had Jalen Ramsey. They were not just going to roll over. They were in this game competing with a Seahawks team that at this point is a lot better than them. Uh, From a roster construction standpoint, Geno Smith was slinging the rock all over the place. The Rams end up losing a game where they really didn't have any business competing for as long as they did. But this defense is not going to roll over. Uh, Now, the Raiders, on the other hand, they've been stringing together some wins. They're sort of uh, a bit up and down this year. One week, they look incredible on offense. The next week, they can't really finish any drives. At the very least, over the last month and a half, they seem to have put together something of a more cohesive offensive unit. Uh, they're getting Matt Collins the ball. They're relying on Josh Jacobs as the centerpiece of this offense. And they're getting Devontae Adams, their $40 million wide receiver, uh, the ball in space. He scored two touchdowns this past week. Uh, Carr and him are really on the same page right now. It's been an exciting offense to watch at times, uh, especially once they sort of figured out that Josh Jacobs is the the straw that stirs this particular drink. The over-under in this game set at 43.5. I feel, as everyone knows, I don't like to bet this Thursday night game. Uh, And there's just no world in which I can bet a Rams team that is in free fall like this. This this Rams team is in shambles. I don't know who's going to start a quarterback for them. Uh, Their backup quarterback gets hurt in this game. Most likely, if I'm going to bet something, I may do something of like a tease here. You get a low over under. You'll see it's in the teaser zone and it's a six point line. You could tease this to a Raiders to win and the under 49 and a half. That feels like a good fun bet to me. If I'm going to give you guys a prop play for this week on Thursday night, like I like to, I would look at Tutu Atwell to score for the Rams. I look at Ben Skalonic to, to score for the Rams. Any one of these bad Rams wide receivers, throw a little bit of action on them to score anytime touchdown. Someone theoretically has to score touchdowns for the Rams at receiver, um, you would think at least. And the Raiders defense, for as good as they've been, they're not shutting teams down necessarily. So whatever quarterback, whatever scrubs playing for the Rams this week, uh, we could see them throw a touchdown to some no-name receiver who has great anytime touchdown score odds. So keep that in mind. Uh, my pick here is going to be the Raiders minus six. I don't love it. I'll probably tease that down to minus zero and then the under 49 and a half. So those are my plays for this Thursday night football game. Moving on to the Sunday NFL slate, we begin with the New York Jets on the road against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are nine and a half point favorites. Line feels tremendous. Uh, I'll start there. The over-under in this game set at 44 and a half. Let me just start by saying, as, as I mentioned, a nine and a half point line in a divisional matchup with a Jets team that's looked frisky at times feels like too much. It just feels ostensibly like a trap. 
Uh, why are the Jets catching so many points? We've seen Mike White have every opportunity to win last week. Uh, we saw him take care of business against a junior varsity team in the Chicago Bears a couple weeks ago. Why does Vegas give the Jets no respect here? That's giving me pause when looking at this line. And based on what the Bills have done of late, especially just taking care of business against a Patriots team that may not be very good, honestly, I won't pull punches there, that offense looks like a disaster for the Patriots, but they really historically have kept up with the Bills. The Bills seem to have the Patriots number at this point. They're winning all these games by two scores. Uh, They punted for the first time in like three games against the Patriots last game. Uh, The Bills are a behemoth. They are a monolith. They are everything. They are unstoppable offensively right now. Everything looks so easy for Stephon Diggs. Everything looks so easy for Josh Allen. Whatever sort of rut they found themselves in a few weeks ago, it seems like they're really pulling themselves out of it. And at a nine and a half point line, this just screams to me uh, a Bills cover. Give me the Bills here, minus nine and a half. It seems like every time the Bills get one of these huge lines, these double digit nine and a half points, they're really just handling things. They're, they're, they're covering it almost every time. Uh, I remember the Steelers were like 14 and a half point underdogs against them earlier in the year. The Bills took care of business there. I expect them to continue that trend. They feel like the new Patriots in that regard, where you can't really give me a line that's too big against some of these teams. And when the line doesn't make sense and the Bills are a heavy favorite, I'm always going to go with the Bills. So give me the Bills here, minus nine and a half. This brings us to this week's coverage king. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king, you best not miss. Our coverage king this week is none other than Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. I've given this award to Jalen Hurts before. Uh, I've given him his flowers as a coverage king throughout college, now in the NFL. Uh, But I haven't really given Nick Sirianni his due. This guy deserves a lot of credit. He comes in after Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winning head coach. He takes over a team that's sort of really in flux last year. They are trying desperately to throw the ball with Jalen Hurts early in the year last year. Ultimately, they pivot away from that, become this dominant run first team. Uh, They're running over everybody and ultimately make the playoffs and lose in a difficult game against a Bucs team that was one of the better teams in the NFL. Now, coming into this second year where Jalen Hurts is a starter, we don't know what we're getting out of Jalen Hurts. Uh, We don't know what we're going to get necessarily out of this Eagles team. But from a roster construction standpoint, from just doing what they're supposed to week to week, beating up on bad teams, beating up on inferior opponents, Nick Sirianni has been everything an NFL team, everything NFL fans could ask for uh, in a head coach. This Eagles team is sitting at 11-1 and here. They are routinely just mowing down bad teams. And a lot of times we see teams, even like the Bills, a team that I think is the Super Bowl favorite, uh, that Vegas seems to think is the Super Bowl favorite at this point as well. Um, They struggle sometimes to really just kick the crap out of some of these bad NFL teams. Over the last couple of years, we saw week one of the NFL season last year, the Bills uh, didn't ultimately win a game against the Steelers week one. uh, It was a big upset for a Steelers team that I think anyone who watched them last year knew that they were pretty terrible. Uh, This year, we we saw other games all across the league where teams are struggling, where where we don't think they should be struggling. Think about the uh, Chicago Bears keeping it close relatively with the Cowboys a few weeks ago. The Eagles are not doing that. They're just taking care of business at every opportunity. I I keep saying taking care of business, but really, that's what I'm looking for in these coverage kings. Nick Sirianni has this Eagles team playing at a high level, playing at maybe a Super Bowl level. He has turned Jalen Hurts into a high-level, multi-year NFL starter at this point, uh, and I commend him for it. I don't want to bet against him. I don't want to bet against this Eagles team until maybe the second round of the playoffs. But for now, he is our coverage king, Nick Sirianni. Let's move on to our Eagles-Giants matchup. 
The Philadelphia Eagles are on the road against the New York Giants. The Eagles are six and a half point favorites over under in this game set at 45. Giants are in a tailspin. They are falling off a cliff. Uh, I think that we saw this Giants team early in the year winning games. They probably shouldn't have. And a lot of people, myself included, rightly said this team's playing out of its mind. They're playing over its head. This is not what we should expect from a Giants team uh, from a roster building standpoint that is trotting out guys like Ricky James as a wide receiver too. Uh, <laughs> this roster is a bit of a disaster. They have the most expensive wide receiver room in the NFL and Kenny Galladay almost got cut. He, he doesn't play. So now we're looking at the repercussions of that. We're seeing this Giants offense struggle week to week to really sustain finished drives. This defense has come back to earth a little bit as well. Uh, they pull out a tie, which effectively is a loss for them because they desperately needed that win against Washington this past week. They played better than Washington, I think, but they just could not finish that game, could not take care of the football in a way that allowed them to ultimately close out that game. Now uh, they have to play host to an Eagles team that has just been taking care of everyone. They are mowing teams down week to week. They just ran all over a Titans defense that everyone thought was pretty good until last week. They scored with ease. A.J. Brown scored a 41-yard touchdown, gets called back, scores immediately. The next play, another 41-yard touchdown. That's how well this Eagles offense is playing right now. It's just very easy for them. They are clicking at every level. Uh, I don't see a world in which the Giants cover here. I know it's a divisional matchup. I know it feels weird sometimes to, to bet these games. I usually don't like to put too much because I think the divisional matchups are a little bit weird and, and spotty. But here, I love the Eagles to cover six and a half. I am almost definitely going to put the Eagles in a teaser to win outright with another game. But for now, give me the Eagles minus six and a half. Next up, the Cleveland Browns on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals coming off a major Major victory at home against Kansas City Chiefs. They beat them for the third time in 2022, which is an insane stat that doesn't sound real, but it's true. The Bengals have won three times in 2022 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Once regular season and the last year, then again in the playoffs, AFC title game, then again last week. The Bengals just have the Chiefs number. Something about the way they play defense, something about the way they run that shell too high, they take care of Patrick Mahomes and really force him into uncomfortable situations. They were routinely getting to him up front. They were putting him under pressure constantly. He looked so uncomfortable throughout the duration of that game. And you can almost see what the Chiefs offense looks like when it's just a bit off. Guys are dropping passes. They're not catching the ball in stride. Things are just looking a little bit off. And sometimes that can be enough to knock this Chiefs team off their throne because they really have just been basically untouchable for like five years now. But for whatever reason, the Bengals are able to do it. Now they play host to a Browns team that is coming into week two of the Deshaun Watson experience. Uh, week one was not so great. They basically had to rely on their defense to score three touchdowns against a Texans team that is losing on purpose. The Texans are losing on purpose. It is insane. It is criminal. The Texans, I thought, would have a little bit of pride last week, want to play a little bit up to their competition to get back at Deshaun Watson. No, no, they didn't care. They just rolled over and, and played one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, the Texans had no energy, no juice. It was a pathetic performance. I never want to touch that team ever again in any capacity. Uh, the Browns, however, their defense is maybe pretty good. I don't know what to even take from that game because honestly, the Texans are rolling over and dying, essentially. Sean Watson looked horrible. I can take that against a Texans defense that has been stopping nobody. If you're like me, you're rooting against Deshaun Watson. You're rooting against the Browns in this Deshaun Watson experience. On top of that, I think most people are going to come away from that Bengals game last week and think, okay, the Bengals just beat the Chiefs. They should destroy the Browns here. But the line here is only set at four and a half. 
The over-under set at 48. A four-and-a-half-point line in the Bengals' favor feels fishy to me. It stands out immediately because I'm looking at last week's results, and I would think initially, based on what I know, what I think about football, that the Bengals should be like a seven-point, seven-and-a-half-point favorite here. So when I see something like that, I see this sort of disparity between what I expect the line to be and what Vegas has set it at, I'm always wary. My, my ears perk up. I think something weird is happening here. For that reason, for the reason that I think everyone is fading Deshaun Watson, maybe a little bit prematurely, on top of that, maybe the Bengals are a little too high after a major victory uh, against a conference champion-level contender in the Chiefs, give me the Browns here plus four and a half. I don't know if the Browns win this game outright, but this is a divisional matchup. We know those are always very, very competitive. Uh, I want to take a team plus four and a half. You cross that three-point key number here. Give me the Browns plus four and a half. I hate to bet on Deshaun Watson, but I'm going to do it here in the name of furthering our bankrolls. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, This year's fraudulent team, one of my least favorite teams to bet on ever. I I cannot stand bad teams. Kevin O'Connell, I don't know what to make of him. Uh, His offense looks incredible sometimes. Kirk Cousins looks like uh, the best quarterback in the world at times at home. And then on the road, he looks like a bum. They don't know really how to get the ball to uh, Justin Jefferson, who I don't know if you heard, is pretty good receiver, pretty good wide receiver. Dalvin Cook disappears at times. They basically did nothing in the second half against a Jets defense that I know is very good. But man, they, they look like the, the steel curtain last week in the second half. The Vikings could not sustain a drive. They could not convert a third down. It was a pathetic performance in the second half. I don't know what to make of this team. They go on the road in Detroit. Uh, the over-under in that game set at 53. The Vikings are one-point favorites. Weird line, weird line again. These Vikings lines are weird. Vegas thinks they're a fraud team, uh, and they're telling us week by week. This isn't a teaser game uh, because the over-under set a little bit too high at 53. Doesn't feel great if you're going to take the Lions here. With that said, the Lions themselves absolutely boat raced the Jaguars last week. They scored on like eight straight drives, something insane like that, where they were forcing turnovers and immediately scoring points. Uh, Their conversion from turnover to uh, point scored rate was one of the best we've seen in the NFL in like five years. Incredibly impressive performance by the multi-time coverage king, Dan Campbell. This Lions team that all they do is win games they maybe shouldn't. All they do is cover games. Now they get to host a Vikings team that is being overvalued by the public. Uh, not by Vegas, though. Give me the Detroit Lions at home money line. This is my favorite play of the week. They are going to make a statement by winning at home a divisional matchup. Uh, revealing to the world, maybe giving the first inklings uh, that this Vikings team is fraudulent. Give me Dan Campbell. Give me Jared Goff. Jared Goff in December is weirdly, weirdly good uh, since coming to Detroit. So I love betting on them. I love betting on the sun god. I'm on raw to take care of business this week against a Vikings team that is so, so, so overvalued. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fresh off a terrible, bad, no good defeat by the Detroit Lions. Uh, They go to Tennessee to play the Titans, who are also absolutely just disgusting last week. On offense, they lose Traylon Burks. They throw a touchdown. They don't score for the rest of the game. Uh, Derrick Henry, the king, Tractor Cito, goes for 38 yards. An incredible, an electric 38 yards on the ground. Supposed to be Derrick Henry season. It has not been so far. Uh, This game was a contender for me for sicko game of the week. But I see it's a divisional matchup. The the line in this game set at Titans minus three and a half, over under set at 41 and a half. So Vegas at least thinks it projects to be a competitive game, a fun game between these two divisional matchups. Jaguars looked terrible last week. Uh, this sort of screams a stay away from me. 
the Titans are going to be probably without Traylon Burks. That wide receiver room is just repulsive uh, without Traylon Burks at this point. They're relying on Robert Woods, who is so cooked beyond belief. Uh, the guy just can barely get down the field at this point. Uh, Nikita Westbrook, I know he's he's shown some flashes, but if you're relying on Nikita Westbrook as your number one receiver going into an NFL week, things are not projecting well for you. Uh, so I'm probably going to not bet this game. I don't really want to talk about it. I don't really want to think about it too much. Jaguars are so up and down, I can't possibly trust them anywhere. But if I had to give a lean, if I had to give a play in this game, I would begrudgingly give the Jaguars plus three and a half. And listen, if you're going to bet the Jaguars plus three and a half, give me the Jaguars money line because divisional matchups, weird things happen. Every time you're ready to fade Doug Peterson and uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars, they somehow come back and win a game that they're not supposed to. So give me the Jaguars here, plus three and a half. Give me the Jaguars money line, just a little bit, just a touch, but nothing too crazy on the money line or on the ATS play here. Next up, the Houston Texans, the one ten and one Houston Texans on the road against a Dallas Cowboys team that just destroyed the city of Indianapolis. They absolutely eviscerated a Colts team that is being coached by a high school football coach uh, that is being led by the corpse of Matt Ryan. Say what you will about this Dallas Cowboys team. Say what you will about Mike McCarthy. But they have dominated, dominated every bad, every subpar quarterback they've played this year. When they play a team offensively that does not have the pieces, that is not operating at a high level, they do not mess around. They force turnovers. They score on defense. That's what this Dallas defense does. Dan Quinn, he's been a coverage king for us. We know what he can do. We know what he's capable of. Uh, and now they play a Texans team that is effectively losing on purpose. The over-under in this game is set at 46. The line in this game is set at 16 and a half. One of the higher lines I've seen in my time betting football here, 16 and a half feels like so many points. And it's not like the Cowboys are the Buffalo Bills here. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not scoring at will, per se. I mean, they did this past week, but that involved two defensive touchdowns. Give me the Cowboys minus 16 and a half here. The Texans are losing on purpose. Let's not overthink this. There's no way they score more than 10 points here. And Dallas should score 30 with ease. Everyone besides Deshaun Watson has been just destroying the Texans. So give me the Cowboys minus 16 and a half. May not even be enough points here. Wouldn't be surprised to see that line climb even higher as we get closer to game time. Next up, divisional matchup. Baltimore Ravens. On the road against my Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are one-point favorites at home. The total here is set at 38. I laugh because, man, the Steelers over-unders are depressing every week. Week to week, it just makes me sad. Uh, and this week is no different. I am once again very sad looking at the over-under here. It's a 4 o'clock game. Seems very weird for, for a Steelers, uh, Steelers situation. Usually they play in the 1 o'clock window, especially at home. But I guess America's game of the week is going to be uh, the... Ravens backup quarterback against Kenny Pickett, a true matchup of stars. Listen, I can't even sell this game, right? Uh, it's going to be a slot fest. The Ravens actually looked okay. I don't know what to make of Tyler Hundley, right? He looked pretty good leading a game-winning drive at the end of the game, but he looked pretty good also at the end of last year. That being said, the rest of his most recent game was pretty bad. And the Steelers, for all their struggles this year, have played well against subpar quarterbacks. They basically dominated Marcus Mariota last week. I know that game was relatively close, but that's mostly due to the fact that the Steelers are incapable of scoring points on offense with any sort of consistency. Um, this game is going to be a low-scoring matchup. I wouldn't 
be surprised to see a overtime game here with another Steelers victory. Uh, the Steelers always play the Ravens tough. I would have liked the Steelers money line here, even if Lamar Jackson was playing. But with him out, this screams Steelers money line to me, screams a Steelers victory, a close one down to the wire, one of those classic AFC North matchups. Uh, Kenny Pickett, you got to beat the, the Ravens backup quarterback. That's really all there is to it. Tomlin seems to have this team clicking at the right time. Maybe the Steelers push for a playoff spot. All of a sudden they win this game. They're six and seven. They're not too far behind some of the other contenders for that seven seed in the AFC. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Money line, minus one, everything, every which way. They're going to be one of my big picks this week. This brings us now to Sunday night football. The Miami Dolphins on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. Over under in this game, set at 52 and a half. The line here, Dolphins minus two. The Miami Dolphins absolutely just laid an egg this past week. I, I don't know what to make of what Tua looked like. The guy was airmailing throws left and right, struggling massively. Uh, the accuracy we've seen from him that, that people have uh, been talking about, oh, maybe he's actually better than Justin Herbert week to week. Uh, that that was gone. This guy threw two interceptions. He had a fumble. He was all aboard the struggle bus. He was the operator, the owner. He was driving that thing all around the field. He could not get it done. Uh, by the same token, the Chargers, man, they're not fun. They're just not a fun team. Brandon Staley is terrible. He's a defensive head coach whose defense sucks. His defense is no good. It's not good at anything. What are they supposed to be good at? They're supposed to be good at uh, controlling the pass. Tell me how this Brandon Staley-led defense, this guy who's projected to be the Sean McVay of the defensive side of the ball, is allowing Devontae Adams, I don't know, the best receiver in the NFL, one of the top three, whatever you want to call him, just get wide open, wide open repeatedly throughout that game last week against a divisional rival. It's not like they were hiding the ball. They want to get Devontae Adams the ball. Other teams have been able to shut down Devontae Adams to prevent him from getting the ball. I understand that the Chargers have struggled somewhat with injuries and cohesiveness on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But man, when is it going to click? How many years does Brandon Staley get to sort of just push his way through this disgusting offense, this terrible schedule? Ugh. The Chargers are so not fun to watch. They're wasting Justin Herbert. I've already made my comments and my feelings on this offense known every week. I've also told you guys every week that I'm fading Brandon Staley until he's no longer the head coach of the Chargers. So I have no choice. There's no other option here for me other than to take the Dolphins minus two. I will not be betting against the Chargers until they fire Brandon Staley or they fire Joe Lombardi, their offensive coordinator. I will not touch this team with a 10-foot pole. It is an abomination. I hope sincerely that they make the playoffs so that I can put the entire bankroll, everything I own, I can mortgage whatever I own to bet against the Chargers team because they are fraudulent, they are terrible, and please get them off my television screen. Now, our sicko game of the week. It's not a dress, it's a kilt! Sicko! This week's sicko game of the week is our Monday night football game. Lucky us, the New England Patriots on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. Line in this game is Patriots minus one and a half. Uh, over under in this game set at 43 and a half. Well, listen, you see a one and a half point line. You think, oh, wow, why is this a sicko game? You know, this should be pretty competitive. It should be a fun game. No, no. You know why it's not a fun game? Because we have to watch Matt Patricia and Cliff Kingsbury call offense. And that's not fun. That's not fun for anybody. Uh, Matt Jones, not fun for him. He's yelling at his offensive coordinator. He's not having a good time out there. He's, he's saying, throw the ball because you're doing weird stuff. Last week, the New England Patriots leading receiver against the Bills was a defensive back. 
That's what we're working with in New England. Working with two absolute spazzes, two of the worst head coaches of the last 10 years in the NFL are running that offense. Joe Judge, Matt Patricia. It's no good. It's terrible. And on the other side of the ball, the Cardinals also suck at offense. They, the Cliff Kingsbury is an offensive head coach who has to rely on this quarterback who's too worried about Call of Duty and, and not playing video games to play quarterback. He doesn't play in, in November and, and December. He's never good in those months. And here we are now. We are witnessing the ramifications of relying on this guy. Uh, they are 4-8. and eight. They're going to be 4-9 and nine after this week because I'm taking the Patriots here. Uh, this game is going to be a slog to watch. I don't want to even touch it with a 10-foot pole. Uh, these two teams are two of the least fun teams to watch in the NFL this year, in my opinion, and I'm going to stay away from them at every opportunity I can. This brings us to our picks for the week. I just have three major picks for you guys here this week. My first pick is the Browns plus four and a half. Uh, I love the Browns here for all the reasons I said before. This line feels fishy. I hate betting on Deshaun Watson, but uh, Vegas knows something, and I don't want to be on the losing side of this. Uh, my next pick for you guys is the Lions money line. Love the Lions here. They are a fun team to bet on, uh, and I think that they are going to prove to everyone, show the world why I believe and why a lot of people, Vegas obviously believes, that the Vikings are a fraud team this year. So give me the Lions money line this week at home. My third and final pick here, give me the Steelers money line at home. Uh, they should take care of business against a Ravens team that is struggling to score points, even with Lamar Jackson. Now they have Tyler Hundley back there. Uh, I know he's looked good before, but the Steelers should win this game 10 out of 10 times. It's a divisional rival. It's a team that they pride themselves on competing with every year. And right now, the Ravens are struggling. They are falling quickly out of contention, and the Steelers need to capitalize on that and take care of business at home. So to recap, my three big picks for this week are the Browns plus four and a half, the Lions money line, and the Steelers money line. Thanks, as always, for listening. I will be back next week. Until then, I'll talk to you guys later.